Am I on? Am I good? Yeah, we're good? Okay. Um, sorry, I'm a little bit in a little bit of disarray right now. I got the uh, got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine all up in my arm right before tip-off tonight, and so we're just waiting for that microchip to fully update, and we should be operating in optimal condition once again. It's good to be here with you guys. Actually, on my way, listen to this joke. I wrote a joke in my head. I got to see if it works out loud. Um, yeah, I got my vaccine tonight, and if you want to put it up in a, a biblical framework, if that's helpful for you, you could say I took my first steps on the road to D. Mask us. <laughs> oh my gosh, put that on TikTok. Thank you, Lynn. That was good, wasn't it? That's some grade A preacher comedic material. Anyways, on the back of the lyric sheet that Nat King Cole gave you, there is the text that we'll be going into tonight. As a community, we are led by the lectionary, and tonight that leading is taking us to Psalm 133. Pretty obscure psalm. I'll read it for you. It goes like this How very good. And pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord ordained his blessing, life forever and ever. Amen. Um, can I get an Amen. Yeah, that text is coming in hot with a lot of, almost too much clarity as to what it means, right? It's hard to, because when you think about these moments we have, like last week, we're holding up the Easter memory of us all being together in the same parking lot. Like all of us were thinking about Aaron's greasy beard. All of us were thinking about that dew from Herman getting on Zion. I mean, do you need me to really elaborate what the text is trying to say? Are you already sufficiently fed? What do you make of this mysterious psalm one of the shortest psalms in all of Scripture. How do you wrap your mind around what is happening here? Well, let's, let's start by asking, like, what is this psalm? Let's get just our bearings in place here. This, this song is, is a song. This psalm is a song, one of 15 to be exact, that would be categorized in the songs of ascent. Now, if you don't know what that means, the Cliff Notes version is... When, when Jewish people, pilgrims from all over the land, would head towards the city of Jerusalem for a religious festival or ceremony of some sort, um, this would be like their road trip playlist. This would be a fixture. It would always be on there. It's kind of like the, the ancient version of, of Meet Virginia. This is something that when people were traveling with their families, they would sing these songs to one another, not just to... Um, get them through where they presently are, but to remind each other who they're going to see, what they're getting themselves into. All the time that it's taking from get to point A to point B, all the, the toil, the kids getting loud in the backseat, all of that is worth it because how good and pleasing it is for the people to live together in unity. That's what the pilgrims sang thousands of years ago, and that's in many ways, what we sing every Sunday night, because it still is true. I mean, what we experience as truth in the psalm is still true for us here today, right? There's a lot of healing that happens when we recognize that we're, we're not alone on this road, that we are, are shoulder to shoulder, arm to arm, linked up with the family that are for us, that are with us, that are not going to abandon us in the time of need. I think about that with the song that Lauren just sang. That even at our darkest and our lowest, we don't go at this thing alone. And there's power in that. There's healing that happens in that. I mean, I think that's even just the power of, of AA. 
Because you go into AA and you, you come in with an I, but you leave with an us. You come in with this is mine, but you leave with what's ours. You, you start with the me, but you move to the we. And everyone at the end is feeling that palpable truth. It is good when people get together and start living as one. Until, of course, you recognize that in that group of people, there are still persons. In, what's that Charlie Brown thing? You guys remember that old cartoon where it's like, I love human beings, it's mankind that I struggle with. Or no, it's, I love mankind, it's the individuals that I struggle with. And, and I do too. And so I wonder when I read Psalm 133 is, while this is a song that they sang on their way to Jerusalem, I'm just curious if it's a song that they sang when they made it to Jerusalem. Because it's one thing to, to be in the car, be on the road, be idealizing this utopian reality of community where we come together and it's all kumbaya and we're blissed out from head to toe. And we're singing about how good it's going to be when we all get together and live in human, hum, unity. But it's another thing when you actually show up and you're, you're like, oh, she's still here, huh? Are, are they, uh, I wasn't pointing at you, hon. Are they, they're still acting in that way, huh? Oh, he's still kind of like doing that thing. Oh, he's definitely going to talk too much. Are you still singing that song when you arrive on the scene? I'm not condemning that. I I'm actually just confessing it. Like, I just think this is a part of our, our natural reality. I mean, in one moment, I can be the loudest political cliche that is crying out at the top of my lungs, why can't we all just get along? And then the next moment, I will be standing behind a couponer in the checkout line at Target, and I'll realize, like, that's exactly why we can't get along. It's people like you that are ruining all things for all of us. There will never be any unity in the land. Or, or take this example. Christian and I went to the Wolves game the other night. I had a great time. I had gotten used to being one of very few fans in the room, and it was lonely and kind of depressing. But in that night, we had taken the tarps away. There were hundreds of people that came in. Um, we were cheering together. We were singing the national anthem together. We were cursing out the refs together. We were together in this. Until Governor Walls came on the screen, and I realized, no, we are not. <laughs> Because there were boos that started coming from my left and my right, and people were shouting things that I never had heard. And Christians started breaking bottles over people's heads like we were in the Wild West, and we were not together in it. We're in the same room, shared proximity, but we're not on the same page. We're standing close to each other, but we're not actually moving together in this. And so when I think about this psalm, and we try to find the weight in, like, what does it actually have to say to us today? When I think about it, I almost want to dismiss it because it just feels a little too naive, maybe a little too Pollyannic, a little too disconnected from where we are today. But when I don't do so, when I actually linger upon the lyrics a little bit longer, I think it actually has something to say. And I'm not saying that because I should say that it has something to say. I really believe there's weight inside of these words. Let me show you. The psalmist writes, and the pilgrims used to sing, that if you want to know how good it is when people get together, think about the oil that falls on the head. This oil that is being referenced by maybe David, some songwriter, is the ceremonial oil. It's the anointing oil. It's the oil that would fall to remind the person and to make it clear that this person is of God, that God is for this person, and that this, their story is a story that deserves to be celebrated. And so think about for you in your individual lives the moment when the oil fell on your head. Think about the moment where you first kind of encountered this truth that you are of God and that God is for you. 
Think about when somebody in your life stood by you and celebrated your story as you were, when they gave you the gift of being fully seen and fully safe and loved from top to bottom. Think about how refreshing it was to experience for the first time that oil falling upon your head. And now think about the moments after that. Think about the moments after the oil falls on your head and it starts to drip a little bit. Think about like now when we're not watching church through a sanitized screen, but we're like in the frozen tundra and, and it's not like cushion cozy, at least not as much. There's no mute button. I can't just escape. We're here. We're in this thing right now. It's not the same. Think about when you come to this church that you've, you've perceived from afar to be beautiful, but then the pastor up front says something and he steps on your toes. Or the person that, that you connected with last week forgets your name this week or um, whatever. We all have our different battle scars from going to, to church. And it's almost as if we, we experienced the refreshing gift of oil when it fell on our head and it felt and it smelt like it was a beautiful thing, but when we gave it enough time, it got our beard all sticky and it ruined our entire robe. And yet the psalmist still says that this is good. And we would say, no, it's not. This is a lie. How am I supposed to sing this song? Because this isn't good, we would say, to which you would say, no, you're saying this isn't good, but what you actually mean is this isn't perfect. The background is that perfect, the idea of, of perfection, it comes from the Greeks. It is this idea that makes no space for wrinkles, for flaws, for, pers for persons, really. I was going to say personality defects, but just people in general. Good, on the other hand, does. Good makes space for all of us to be present in this place. Good makes space for all of you, the highs and the lows, the, the, the scars and the trophies, the in-between ordinary and the beautiful, outstanding moments that stick out forever. Perfect. Cannot stand, though, when there's one crack in the system. When the Hebrew language here in the psalm is talking about good, and it's not talking about perfect, it is talking about the word tov. Tov is this coverall word that is from the earth. Tov is, is speaking about dirt and wine and sweat and sex and laughter and joy and pain and sorrow and community and birth and burial and all of it. Tov, good, affirms it all. Perfect can only take in some. And so the question I think that the psalmist is trying to ask is, what are we after when we get together tonight? Like when you step out of your cars and you come into this space and you're feeling the wind a little bit, you didn't bring enough blankets, you, you guys definitely did, good for you. Are you thinking like, well, this isn't perfect and I need to dip as soon as possible? What is the song that you are, you are playing in your mind? And are you singing with it? God, good, the tov, the, the Hebrew version of good, it is pregnant with the very life that perfect tends to be allergic to. Good isn't scared of growth or, or change or learning new things or leaving old things or being held accountable or being called out or going through tough things. It doesn't need the plastic blissed out head to toe up and to the right at all times. Good embraces and, and affirms it all. This is why when the spirit at the very start of the creation story is singing this beautiful song where the constant refrain looks over all that has come to be and says, this is good, and this is good, and this is good. Not necessarily perfect, but this is good. And so again, the question I just want us to consider tonight as we shake and we shiver in the cold is what kind of song are we going to sing as a people? Because we are all heading into some proverbial Jerusalem right now, and so what kind of Jerusalem are we going to let get into us?
Will we sing the song or, or merely nod our heads? Now I get it. When we talk about being a community, and, when, and if you're especially on the fringes, um, we tend to flinch. We, we tend to go like, I'm here to partake from a distance, but I don't actually want to actually link arms. I don't want the small group. I don't want to swap stories. I don't want to merge my story with our collective story. I understand that because you've done that before. I mean, there is nothing more American Christian than having a church that you used to go to. Having a Christian experience in your past where you joined a group and you got beat up for doing so. You went in hoping that it would put something in you and ended up taking something out. You went in for the blessing and you ended up catching a bruise. I get why we flinch. And so if you're on the fringes or you've been a part of this thing, you're trying to figure out what does your future relationship look with like with this community, but honestly, I would say any community. Let me just, let me spare you the suspense right now. If you are concerned about being a part of this community because you will be hurt or disappointed or let down or bored, you will be. You will experience all of that. There will be so much drama in the LBC. You will be frustrated. You will not know how to handle the people next to you. You will put yourself out there and immediately wish that you didn't. You will trip up over other things. It won't always be a perfect thing, but it will be good. It will be a good song that we get to sing together. And I think one of the questions I think that we've talked a lot about this year, and some would be redundant if I talk about it much more, and I can see Debbie, Debbie's doing the peripheral walk right now, which is like when the Oscars are on and they're accepting the award and the music starts playing. I know what you're doing, Debbie. I see you. I'm going to wrap it up. Just give me a minute here. One of the things we've talked about for the past few months is not backing down when things start piling on, not being afraid to embrace the hard because we recognize that everything that is holy is actually hard. If you want to be a part of something that is holy, expect that thing to be hard and don't trust it if it isn't. I mean, you, you can have the easy route. If you want to have an easy marriage, you can do that. Just don't be honest. If you want to have... Make sure that nobody ever calls you out. Then just don't go looking for friends. If you want to have a clean and ordered life where there's nothing messy or particularly weird, then don't you dare love somebody around you. But if you want to go all the way in, through the death and the burial and the resurrection, through the giving and the receiving, through the ups and the downs, through knowing others and being known by others, fully known, then find yourself a community. Because how good it is for people to be together in unity. Will you pray with me? Jesus, you are good. God, give us the courage to sing the good song and skip the perfect ones. God, we need a place and a space where we are allowed to be fully human as we are, not as we pretend to be Monday through Friday. God, be with us the way that um, we can feel you moving in this family in a formative way, binding us together, helping us to embrace the highs, the lows, the meh, and everything else that comes with community. How good it is when persons become a people and they choose to take on this road together. In Jesus' name, we all pray these things. Amen. I promise I wasn't no, circling. I, I wasn't you. circling. We'll, I ta we'll <laughs> talk about this later. I don't like to be too far away. I can't get there in time. That's all that was. Hey, if you have your communion, you can get that ready. If not, I think Steve walked around some of our extra supplies for those who need that.
for the the ones that Steve walked around, just in case you're not familiar with them, the very top has a really thin wafer in it. And you peel that back first, and then you have your little cup of juice with that. I think Matt's message, um, it makes me smile a little bit because I think uh, anybody who's part of this community knows how much it fits who we are. Because I think we own our messiness. I think in many ways we embrace our messiness. And a lot of us know each other's stories, and some of the stories are hard. And some of the stories um, have been a long journey for people. And some of our stories, you know, have all those little moments of joy. But the beauty of it is that we do it together, that we're never alone, that we see one another, that we link arms, that we walk together in this. And that's where we have our hope. That's where we find Jesus. And so when we gather on Sunday nights, the space I think that unifies us almost the most is when we take communion together. Because Matt's right, it's not about coming together because we're perfect. It's coming together because we're the beloved of God. And that is good. That is so good. On the night before Jesus died, he sat with his disciples and he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat this, remember me. And he took the cup and he poured wine into the cup and he said, this is my blood shed for you. When you drink from this cup, remember me. So if you haven't, you can do that now. And as you hear these words, the body of Christ broken for you his blood shed for you and when we do that together as one body as one community we remember that we're in it together that we are wired and called to be for one another no matter how messy we all are and that's a beautiful thing so together would you join me as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hey, everybody. My name is Maggie. Uh, I'm on the communications team here at the table. Uh, we close with this benediction every week, and uh, I would love for you to see this as ascending moment. As you walk into your week this week, carry these words. Remember them. They are true of you, and they are true of everybody else that you meet this week. No matter who you are or what you've done, who you love or what you've lost, where you've gone or the places that you've stayed, you will always have a seat here at the table because you are a beloved child of God. And beloved, you belong. Go in peace. We'll see you back here in the parking lot next week.